I did a little math today, Mark Dunnigan. Look out. <laughs> it is never safe and almost never accurate when Cindy does math. But here's what I learned. Of the 328 million people who live in America, one million of them live full-time in an RV. I mean, that's one in 328 people. Does that sound legit to you? I guess so. You know, I think what it is, is that a lot of the people that are living in those RVs aren't really going anywhere anytime soon. So today we wanted to talk about how to keep first things first while living nomadically. You need to make sure that God comes first still as you travel and live this way. Right. I mean, our worldview comes from a place where you always want to make sure that whatever we do has God's smile of approval, right? Yes. There's a statement in Ephesians about seeking to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5. Right, because we need his blessing on everything that we do. So that's always, no matter what the direction that we're considering for our lives, like, okay, is this okay with God? Now, there are a lot of people, right, who have wandered around and certainly have lost the favor of God. I'm thinking, like, in the scriptures, I'm thinking of Cain. Yes, who went out from the presence of the Lord. And so, Mark, what people in the Bible, though, live nomadically while putting first things first? Of course, Abraham was told to leave his homeland. Uh And then we find various believers in Hebrews 11 live nomadically, it looks like, because of persecution. Mm. They wondered about lived in caves in the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, More specifically, though, for, you might say, the New Testament church, I find Paul typically in three different situations. He's either working with a congregation, like in Acts 9.26, or at Antioch in Acts 11, or he's in Antioch also in Acts chapter 13, or he's out starting new churches, traveling, uh, preaching places where the gospel had not yet arrived, or He is going back, and he's strengthening, he's traveling, and he's strengthening these these congregations that he had previously established, like Mm -hmm. in Acts chapter 15, the end of that chapter, and chapter 16, and verse 5. He's he's going out and seeing how the congregations are doing. That is a super noble motivation to live nomadically, but it's not always so, right? What kinds of situations can you think of that might hold a conscientious person back from living on the road? Well, where you would have aging parents that need you. That's a priority. Yeah, that would be a priority. And we did not leave until we had satisfied all of our biblical obligations in those areas. Yeah. And even with the permission of my mother, because I started thinking about living nomadically six or seven years before we actually did. And I was talking to my mother about it. And she's like, go, are you kidding me? Go live your dream, go fly. And I just couldn't. And I really feel really much more peace around staying as long as we did and being there during her most difficult transitions. Sometimes you have people in an area, maybe you have been instrumental in converting them and it's just too soon to leave right now. They still need some more grounding in mm-hmm, faith and mm-hmm. we can certainly identify with that. Um, you can't financially afford it. That would be enough. Yeah. That would keep a conscientious person. That is, if a man does not provide for his own, especially his own household, he's worse than an unbeliever. We encounter young people that say, you're living my dream. Uh-huh. And what I tell them is work first. Put in your 30 plus years of work, then you can go do this. If you go do this now, you might have to work for the rest of your life. I guess an exception, Mark, to what we're talking about here is we've also met people who have very well-paying jobs that they're able to do while living nomadically. So hallelujah, that's a new option for a lot of people. And so some of them are taking their kids out of public school and 
homeschooling them while supporting the family financially on the road, and that can be very enriching for children. Children make immediate friends in the campgrounds, and not only that, but it's good for it's good for children to see like there's a lot of churches out there. There's a lot of big churches out there mm-hmm. that faith is alive. Yeah, and what better way to teach your children history? than to actually be at Gettysburg and see the lay of the land. So what we're not talking about today is, you know, there's a lot of people who shirk responsibility and up and leave, and it would not be right for you to be in an area, you know, say you're living in an area and you're bouncing around from congregation to congregation as if you're living nomadically. So we're not talking about that. If you reside in an area and care about what the scriptures say to people in the first century church when they lived in a place, you need to find a church family to dedicate yourself to so you remain a giver and not a taker. And we will definitely commit ourselves to a church family when we settle for at least a little while, Mark, in Wesley Chapel, Florida one day. Yes, and I guess in view of what we're doing, we're seeking to visit 100 Churches of Christ in two years. Also, over the years, I've been a full-time preacher, and so often what, primarily what fuels our route is a congregation or congregations and congregations that need someone to fill in for them. Yeah. And so even in the Tampa area with so many churches, but in Rhode Island, it's been nice that we've been able to be here and we're here for six weeks and working with one specific congregation. Yes. So we totally realize that in a local congregation, that is like a classroom for learning how to get along with God's family. So three cheers for people that do not live nomadically. Um, The church is a lab for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. And only in regular contact with ordinary, imperfect believers, we can learn real fellowship and experience the things we need to experience to grow. And so Rick Warren had a lot to say about that in his book, Purpose Driven Life. Other good reasons that he gives for being connected and dependent on each other is that when we join a small group, we get accountability. And a lot of people, especially new Christians, lean very heavily into that accountability to keep themselves on track. We also learn best in a community. Our minds are sharpened and our convictions are deepened through conversation. So these are all legitimate reasons, like if you are living in an area, don't bounce around from church to church as if you're living nomadically. Settle in and sharpen and be sharpened by a local congregation. So just in review, there was about a seven-year preparation, right? Yes, there was. We had to, I call it jumping through a lot of hoops. Yeah. And anything, though, worthwhile is probably going to require that. So this was not a whim, just like a lark. Mm-hmm. Also, it wasn't where we just kind of like looked at some people on YouTube and immediately bought into some sort of fantasy. Yeah. We had this idea long before we even had noticed anybody else doing it before. Yeah, we so, already mentioned we tend to your parents. We already mentioned did you tend to your children and the souls around you that became like perhaps children to you? What else, Mark? Well, did you share the gospel? Um, did you train people to uh, take your place? when you would go yeah and the people that are in the congregation you know training people to teach the classes and that kind of thing whatever training needs to happen you don't want to be missed that's the thing (laughs) you want to leave behind people that are as skilled or more skilled even than you were at fulfilling some of those local commitments 
also there's other commitments mark that are not even in the church family it might be commitments that you've made in the community or projects that you said you would do so have you completed you know those kind of projects yes uh, we were there in Beaverton, and it was a great time. We were there for 28 years, and I preached over 3,700 sermons, taught classes. We trained preachers. We did personal work. Um, we raised three children. Mm-hmm. We buried our parents. We mm-hmm. paid off the mortgage. We homeschooled kids for 13 years, mm-hmm. and we hosted 13 Japanese exchange students, many yes. of them year-long yes. students. And I think we felt that we had done everything that we had set out to accomplish for that community. Yeah, yeah. I had volunteered for two police departments for seven years and felt like I was of good fluence in that circle. I wrote fiery editorials on moral issues from time to time in articles that were published in various local newspapers in the Faith Forum section. I edited a women's magazine called Sarah Seed and got my book Your Fresh Start published. So that really helped because we give that out now. And so that was all groundwork. And we've just felt like we had done everything that we could do locally in that area. And we were very involved, like you said, uh, involved in the homeschool community, your volunteer efforts. We handed out, I think, 10,000 flyers uh, advertising for home Bible studies. We got involved in the crafting bazaar. (laughs) That's true. Heavy uh, duty. Yeah, we uh, we flipped furniture for a while and met many people in doing that. We did a lot of garage sale and estate sale and handed out many cards Mm -hmm. and contact information. Yeah. Yeah, so it gave us that feeling of completion and kind of that feeling of what's next. And you know what? We can afford to leave at this point. So we knew we could financially afford it. And we formed a plan for staying spiritually strong while we were traveling. Mark? I think something that a lot of people maybe don't think about is that if you're traveling and the way we travel from congregation to congregation... Uh Not at a different church every first day of the week, but but sometimes. Um, How are you going to stay strong spiritually and stay accountable and not become lax and not consider your travels as just a perpetual uh, plane or vacation yeah it's that would be like eating candy for breakfast lunch and dinner every day it's a nauseating thing to think about if you're just playing 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 it's the work that makes the play more fun and the play that makes the work more fulfilling as we travel with purpose because you know what salt and light are needed everywhere so it matters less where you are and what really matters is what you do where you are what matters is making the most of every opportunity ephesians 5 16. so here are some ideas of how you can make the most of the opportunity of living nomadically well you're with a local group of people every first day of the week yes and you plan your route around that you attend as many midweek Bible studies as you can on that route. And you actually linger, accept invitations for lunch, oh, or to yeah. stay in homes. We just don't hop in and out of a congregation. We stay, we talk to individuals. We, if, if we get an invite, we go with them. 
And I think it's very important to take the time to get to know the Christians in a particular locality. Uh, be ready to lend a hand. Is there anything that needs doing? Don't shortchange the local congregations as you travel. So, Mark, what does God say is our obligations to the congregations, and can those be fulfilled while living nomadically? Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 talks about each part functioning, which we are, but it also talks about one of the purposes of the evangelist is to equip the saints. Mm. And I believe that we are doing that as we travel. I'm preaching. I'm teaching classes. Like here in Rhode Island, I'm holding a gospel meeting. Also, as we travel, people are coming up to me with their questions. What about this? Not only that, but at times someone will say, well, you're in that area. Do you know a church in that area? Mm. And so I'm helping Mm -hmm. connect people to other people. Well, I think another equipping is the fact that we're writing pretty thorough blog posts that will eventually be in a book called 100 Churches. And so we are we go in looking for something that every congregation is doing exceptionally well and so that we can write about that one theme and add it to the other themes. And so when we're done, we're hoping this will become a very, very useful resource for every congregation as you see each other's strengths and are inspired by those strengths. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 30 is the passage that speaks of the body and visual Christian is like a part of the body yeah. and all the parts are needed. I believe in traveling nomadically, we offer a very unique uh, perspective uh-huh. or gift to many local congregations because we are traveling a lot. We are seeing a lot of what people are doing in different areas and we're able to share or relay that information to congregations like here, here's what we're seeing here's what people are doing that's scriptural here's what people are doing when it comes to evangelism or uh, developing elders for the next generation and we're taking all these good ideas that we run across and sharing that information so I, I think that's a pretty important part in the body of Christ right now Hebrews 10 along with that talks about that we stimulate one another the good love and good works when we assemble and everywhere that we've gone you know as we've talked about what we've seen and the power of the gospel and people being converted I think everywhere that we've gone people have said we really needed that we really needed to hear that right now that was very encouraging mm-hmm Mark, we should probably also think about just because you're living nomadically doesn't mean that your donation to the churches around you is simply encouragement. Find a place to donate your offering. Maybe it is at every congregation that you visit, but there is an obligation there, so we need to continue to be generous, even fiscally. Yes, uh, continue to give as you've been prospered because you still are being prospered. Yes, you need to remain rich in good works, including giving of finances. One of the neat things about traveling is that you do hear about what is going on uh-huh. in local congregations and also what is going on that individual Christians are doing. And it gives you the opportunity to say like, wow, if I would have known about that sooner, I would have started giving to that sooner. You really find, okay, here's really where my prosperity is needed right now. I think there was also something that we wanted to remind everyone that we've probably never been busier. Oh, I know. I have never worked so hard in my life. I'm not going to bore the crowd with (laughs) my to-do list, but it is ridiculous. I'll just say that. 
So we haven't retired from being a Christian. In fact, we don't even like the word retired or the word RV. We <laughs> avoid either one of those. We have just shifted our efforts and focus in other areas. Mm-hmm. God has sure provided us a lot of fulfilling opportunities. No complaints. No complaints for the workload. Something else I think that is helpful is it is good to do what you can to make yourself accountable. And I think what we've done on that is that you share the trip on Facebook. I share it on a daily email. And in that way, people see the activity we're involved in. And I think that we've kind of made ourselves accountable, Mm -hmm. not to just like one congregation, Mm -hmm. but Christians in multiple congregations. And I think it's, it's good to come up with a way like, I want people to see what we're doing and that we're actually still active, involved, assembling, faithful, teaching the word and living the Christian life. Oh, definitely. And and I've been invited to speak for a number of uh, ladies in different congregations. And often during my presentations, I will be like, hey, if you hear anything that I need to fine tune and word in a way that's more biblical, please, I am all ears. So staying teachable and correctable to the people that are listening to us and making ourselves accountable to them with a humble attitude. There's ways also that you can continue to perfect your skills. I may not be teaching a Bible class every Wednesday night or Sunday, but I do have the online live Bible study with Answering Religious Air Tuesday nights at 8 Eastern Time and the live Bible Q&A Wednesday at noon Eastern Time. Uh-huh. So there are things that you can continue to do to keep you sharp spiritually. Oh, yeah. And if there's anything that you said that needs to be corrected, you're going to see that sometimes in the comment section. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if somebody hears something that's like, uh, what about this verse? Then you can either explain it or be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I see what you're saying. So one of the most important things to do, of course, is to establish a measurable spiritual goal while you travel. Here's what that looked like for us. It's goals that you can honestly say that if every Christian spent as much time and energy lovingly laboring in the vineyard as you do, would both the local and the universal church better flourish. So because we're living nomadically, you all may get people that we talked to about restoring New Testament Christianity. You may get people that visit because we bumped into them while we were passing through and had that conversation. That's what we're praying for. And the thing that's kind of amazing around that, Mark, is that there was someone that we were in Beaverton that you studied with, and he was baptized by a local congregation after we left and is a member of the Lord's Church to this day. Yes, that was very encouraging. So measurable goals for us would include yeah. the goal to visit 100 Churches of Christ in two years yeah. and that you write about the things that those groups are doing well that would be encouraging to other people. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be that we have your book, Your Fresh Start, and we have multiple copies with us. We hand those out. Yeah, and when we visit congregation to congregation, we often let them know, hey, however many of these you can give out to non-Christians, we will supply those for free. When we talk to people in the RV parks or campgrounds or we're just walking, we have our cards with us and we give people our cards. So those would be kind of some measurable things that we do. 
little point of clarification, Mark, that maybe is ridiculous, but I just want to throw it in there. We realize that God has not appointed us critics of the church, that we're going around writing reviews of churches. Every blog that we write is only and always encouraging and inspiring for everyone. So we're only going to make mention of the positive, helpful things that we witness, the unique and ingenious ways that these brethren get God's work done in spirit and in truth within the patterns of the New Testament. When Christians from other congregations read what other congregations are doing well and efficiently or gracefully, etc., they may see for themselves ways in their congregations that they could perhaps be more effective. So there is an element of correction there, but people self-correct as they read the great examples of other congregations in different areas. So when we visit other congregations, Mark, sometimes it's nice, like, if you are not asked to preach, we're happy to just worship alongside you. It's been really great, some of these congregations. They know exactly what each sermon's going to be a year ahead of time because they have a theme and they have certain elements of that theme that they want preached within that theme. So that's cool. Then there's other times, Mark, that you're invited to preach and you're always prepared for that. Yes, and as far as sermons, I think my sermons since about 1998 are at net. if you'd like to see, uh, I guess, the variety of different topics. Yeah, you can hand-select what you'd like Mark to preach about there, if there's a sermon that you'd like him to preach, or a lot of churches are opting to hear what we have learned and observed around the country, all these inspiring stories of what Christians are doing to glorify God. And as I mentioned, I've also been invited to speak for some ladies' groups. I'm also available to do that. I have material and am willing to teach as we travel. Mark, you mentioned that another major goal as we travel is that we want to draw souls who do not know God to move closer to God. In other words, we wanted to use this quest to plant God's light and transformative love into the souls worth more than the whole world. We know some Christians whose souls and eventually the souls of their children were actually saved by a preacher who was traveling the country, living nomadically, and they met in an RV park that they were managing, right? Yes, and that would be in Yakima, Washington. Uh huh. Hello, Patrick and Ray Ray. So we've already mentioned we do some of that by giving out my book, Your Fresh Start, and our contact cards that help direct folks to the podcast you're listening to and even those blog entries that we've written. I would really encourage every Christian to have some sort of card with them that just has the contact information, either just of you or the local congregation, but have a way that if you're talking to someone, you can immediately point them to some spiritual resources. So, Mark, speaking of spiritual resources, you have uploaded all your commentaries, right, on the whole Bible. Do you have any that you're missing yet that you're still in? Probably a few of the Psalms, but that would be at markdunnigan.com. Our main goal is that in the end, we inspire everyone to bear fruit to God's glory and share information that will also improve their own well-being. Mark, you mentioned your Answering Religious Error program. So it's not like you have to, even though it's recorded live, that you, if you missed it, sorry, that's not available anymore. How can folks find the archives? It's on YouTube. A-R-E, Answering Religious Error. 
Yeah, as well as Facebook. The, they're all archived on Facebook. The same is true of my live internet program called Older Women Likewise. That's viewable on YouTube as well. And if you prefer like an audio version, just search Older Women Likewise. And same could be said for these podcasts. I think, Mark, we're up to like about 115 podcasts at this point. And those are all available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and about six other platforms. And, of course, nomadsyouandi.com really is kind of links that go to different places. So we just want you to know that when we have time to spend a few days getting to know a local congregation, we would be even willing to cancel a RV reservation that we have down the road if we at all can in order to spend a little bit of time with you, maybe plug into your house and have some deeper conversations what i have learned i guess it's the law of scarcity yeah you can be in a congregation a local congregation as a member and pop in and pop out and really miss out on stuff and as we travel maybe it's that people know we're not going to be around very long yeah and it seems like our conversations just this has just been our own personal experience yeah that when people know, oh, they're only going to be here two days or two nights, that immediately people come to you with their questions mm-hmm. and you go very, very deep. So it is possible to come into an area, spend a couple of days and learn a lot about the Christians in that area. Yeah, it's learn kind of a lot and teach a lot, right? Yes, Yes. So just because you're in an area for a couple of days doesn't mean it's going to be a superficial visit. Mm -mm. So, Mark, if folks wanted to offer some hospitality to let us plug in, how should they contact you? Mark W. Dunnigan at gmail.com. And, of course, Dunnigan is D-U-N-A-G-A-N. In school, they never spelled it right. We would also like to say for those of you living in areas where there's a lot of Christians, there really is a need for more Christians out west. And by west, I would mean the Dakotas, Montana, Idaho, Mm -hmm. Oregon, uh, Wyoming, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico. Those places need more Christians, and they need young men who are faithful preachers. So you might consider that. Go west, young men. Uh, The west needs you. Yeah, for sure. In God's wisdom, he created in Christianity a religion that can be faithfully carried out, whether employment requires long-term residency in one location or whether persecution requires an involuntary scattering of Christians living nomadically to avoid persecution, as was true in the first century, and is frankly not outside the realm of possibility in our own country perhaps one day. Or, as in our case, the voluntary scattering of salty Christians willing to live nomadically to help the non-nomadic souls that they meet find the local body of Christ. I have found that among a number of needs that we have been you might say fulfilling. One would be if someone needs to go there and find and find out where are the Christians, what's the current contact information, etc., and to let people know, hey, here's what's going on. Yeah. So as we kind of wind down a little bit, I want to make a point of clarification. Mark, are we encouraging people to live nomadically? No. In fact, when people have come to us and said, hey, that's what I want to do as well, we immediately give them a very fair and balanced view of what it really is like. Yeah. 
So we actually have an entire podcast on that, you know, kind of like bummers, uh, you know, the (laughs) the hard part about living nomadically. We let people know what the bummers are. Yeah. And Mark, even if we were encouraging people to live nomadically, like people don't care what we think about their personal lives. (laughs) Like, why would we care about something so morally neutral? Yes. Yeah. So, um, Mark, are we discouraging people from living nomadically? I mean, Mark, there's more, there's more RV parking places and places like Key West and Key Largo if we discourage urge people true yes (laughs) just kidding like as if we have millions of people listening living nomadically is such a complicated individual decision and intense way to live that i'm not sure if anyone can be talked into it or out of it mark what's the takeaway of this podcast i think the takeaway of this podcast that there's all sorts of ways that you can serve god in the kingdom of god i think the vast majority of people are not going to choose this yeah just that every christian right should serve god in the body of christ with all their heart no matter where they are yes and just a reminder for those of you that like us are living everywhere like we are in every moment that passes never forget that god uses nomads to reach many many souls that would not have otherwise been reached so lift your eyes see the hearts that are white unto harvest and plant god's seed everywhere you go thanks for joining me on this one mark dunnigan it was great to be here